This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. This episode is brought to you by Lola V. Lola V is an award-winning hair care line by none other than Jennifer Aniston. They offer clean, plant-powered products for every hair type and texture. I just did my whole hair care routine with all the products the other night, and I am obsessed. Along with incredible shampoo and conditioner, they have an intensive repair treatment that you can use once a week. They also have a lightweight hair oil. There's a leave-in treatment and there's also a glossing detangler, which I need because lately I want to do my hair in like a slicked back look, but my hair's too frizzy. Get 15% off Lola V with the code MOMROOM at www.lolav.com slash MOMROOM and Lola V is L-O-L-A-V-I-E. Tomorrow, only on Disney Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Does anyone here know the lyrics? Ruben. Taylor Swift: The Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Streaming tomorrow, only on Disney Plus. Welcome to Thursday's solo episode. I was going to say Tuesdays. I'm sitting at my desk because I am really busy. It's weird. I'm insanely busy, but I feel like I'm not doing anything and it's because I'm not doing my usual routine, but we are having to go through every single room. I don't know how we ended up, like, are we hoarders? And it's not Like, you can still walk around the rooms. Obviously, you guys see my house on Instagram. Like, it's pretty tidy. There's not that much stuff everywhere. But when you go into closets and open drawers, I'm just like, oh my God. So part of what I'm doing this week is trying to get a ton of work done because work stuff is insanely busy right now, but also go through drawers and cupboards and organize what is to be donated what is just going in the garbage, and then what we're keeping. Um, We're trying to get our house listed in the next couple weeks, and I don't want people to come look at the house and open a cupboard and be like, Jesus Christ. So that's what I'm trying to do. Like the cupboard that is above the coffee machine. I don't know if you guys know this about me, but I am a supplement hoarder. Sometimes I get sent them for like partnerships or in PR packages, but I also seek out supplements as well because I listen to a lot of podcasts that are on like wellness and sleep and all this stuff. So, oh, and I also see a naturopath. And so depending on what we are trying to work on, for example, right now it's hormones, um, she will recommend supplements and then I will go and get the supplements and it like they just like I am a supplement hoarder. I love supplements. Like some people buy purses and shoes and that's great. And then their closet is messy. I still have a messy closet, but it's all with like not that nice of stuff. Um, I don't really buy purses or shoes much. Supplements? Yes. Like give me all the supplements. Speaking of which, let me just check in my drawer here because I did want to go over what we're working on for hormones. So I started seeing my naturopath for constipation and digestion stuff. And that I seem to understand how to manage that now with diet and, you know, drinking a lot of water, having peppermint tea. 
after dinner. I was trying the intermittent fasting thing to give my digestive system a rest. So typically we we have dinner at like 5.36 and then I would have a snack, usually something not good for digestion, like chips or, you know, after Milo went to bed. So I stopped doing that for a while and then I would push my breakfast until like 10, 30, 11. So it wasn't like a crazy intermittent fasting thing, but I would just try and if I was going to eat after dinner, I would have like a bowl of grapes or like an apple, something that was good for digestion and then push breakfast to be a little bit later. But anyways, then I started looking into hormone stuff. And so now I've kind of had to take advice for hormone stuff and then mix it with advice for digestion, which depending on what you focus on, it's going to be different advice and it's hard to keep up with everything. It's like it takes a lot of mental energy and like getting used to eating a certain way, like a routine for digestion. And then now I had to add in some hormone stuff. So I'm always supposed to start off my morning with a glass of lukewarm water and lemon, but I do not do this. I've tried it a few times and I was like, okay, like, like I just can't. Like, I don't know what it is. And so when I did the podcast with Miranda, which was out on Tuesday, so go listen to it if you haven't listened to it. It's all about hormone health and our cycles and it's incredible. All the things that we experience throughout the month that we don't really connect to our cycles but it literally is because of how our hormones are going up and down up and down so anyways I don't do the lemon water which I should also I was remember when I was doing the cup the glass of um lukewarm water with lemon and chia seeds in it I forgot how amazing that was and I need to start doing that again but I don't do that I do have my oatmeal with the NutraCleanse stuff on top with a ton of berries in the mornings. Supposed to start incorporating like smoothies with the protein powders, yoga, Pilates, which I've been doing. Also, it was interesting. So the second half of your cycle, you should be having a specific kind of omega-3. No. So the second half of your cycle, it is primrose oil. You can get it in like the capsules for the second half of your cycle. The first half of your cycle, which I'm in right now, is a different kind of omega-3. Like they just focus the primary kind of whatever in it is different and it's better for that time of your cycle. So primrose oil in the second half and then omega-3 with there's like a certain amount of the DHA that should be in it. I'll post what I use on uh, Instagram. So there's that, which I found really interesting. And then because I was just taking um, the omega-3 from Symbiotica, which is really expensive. And I would just like pump it. It's a liquid and I would pump it into my athletic greens every morning. And she looked at the ingredients and she was like, oh, you know, it's really lacking in this certain kind of omega Um, if that's even the right word. And so I would rather you take like this one at the beginning of your cycle and then just like a primrose oil in the second half of your cycle. And I was like, oh my God, so smart. Um, So switch to that. And 
started taking a B6 and a B12 in the morning with breakfast. Yeah, the ground. Oh, yeah. Pumpkin seeds at the beginning, like day one to 14 is pumpkin seeds. And then the second half of the cycle is sunflower seeds and sesame seeds. So that's been interesting. And then also if you look on Pinterest, because everybody's like, how do you know what to eat for your cycle? Well, you can listen to Tuesday's episode with Miranda. Um, But also I just look in Pinterest and these really pretty infographic things come up that say like follicular phase, luteal phase, and the best foods to eat during those times. I for sure was not eating enough protein and was not getting enough high quality fats. So... I try to eat a lot more protein now, so eggs, meats, because I'm the kind of person that if there's a vegan option on a menu, I will just get it, but I don't take supplements or eat other things to ensure that I'm getting a proper amount of protein, so that's been a huge difference. Now, like, I've never ordered steak at a restaurant, and I'm pretty sure the last, like, four or five times I've been at a restaurant, I get steak or salmon or something. Um, So that is a huge difference. Lots of protein and trying to eat lots of avocado, lots of nuts, which I always was pretty good with eating nuts, but now even more so. Always having snacks like, oh my God, the other day I forgot to bring snacks and I was starving. And once you start fueling your body properly it gets used to that and then when you don't like a day where you don't it really notices and it hates you so I'm curious to see how like right now I'm in a new cycle I'm just almost finished my period now but the last cycle was so messed up when we went to the Dominican and it just was a nightmare. So I kind of scratched that cycle and now I'm starting fresh this cycle. So last night I finally slept without taking like the supplements or anything like that. So I'm hoping my sleep is back on track and yeah, I will keep you posted on Instagram about that. As I said, we are in the midst of house hunting and I swear to God, it's like you look at houses, like houses are coming on the market constantly And it's like, there's always something. Like, here are my must-haves. It's kind of like, you know, love it or list it when they have their must-haves. I need trees on the lot. I'm sick of these neighborhoods that are just like put up in the middle of nowhere. They like wipe down all the trees and then just build a shit ton of houses that all look the same side by side. I want trees and a decent yard. Okay, when I look out my backyard, especially, I don't want to be looking into my neighbor's house. So that is one of my must haves the backyard, trees, please. And extra bonus points if it's a neighborhood where, like a mature neighborhood, um, where there's trees everywhere. Like, I love that. So, and I remember listening to an interview with Oprah and she was like, how do you measure someone's like wealth or something like that? She was like, how many trees do they have? And I don't know if I made that up because I can't find it. I I very well could have made that up. I grew up watching Oprah. Like I probably had dreams about Oprah and stuff like that. But 
I remember her saying that and it always sticks with me. So every time I see a house, I'm like instantly, I just like scroll because my husband send me, sends me houses all the time and I just scroll to the bottom pictures, which is usually of the yard. And I'm like, there's no trees. Pass. Like, no. So that's a must have. We also want to have either an unfinished basement that would be um, like it would be doable to to finish it the way we want it. Because our parents come and visit for like a week or two at a time and I like that they have their own space. Like that's how it is in our current house. They they stay downstairs. There's like a bedroom, um, a little living area. We have like a microwave and a kettle and teacups and a full bathroom. So that's really nice. So we want to make sure we can have that in the house that we choose. So basement is a must-have. Um, and then it has to have the um, decor, not decor, like the finishes have to be what we like. And by we, I mean what I like. I We're not handy people at all. So it's not like I'm going to be like, oh, I'm going to paint the kitchen cupboards and like change the knobs and all that stuff. Like, no, the kitchen has to be nice unless it's like okay we'll buy this house with the intention of gutting the kitchen and redoing it but even then like we don't have time and patience and to pick stuff out and all that stuff so I would rather just have a house that has the finishes that we like like flooring cupboards uh stuff like that bathrooms the ensuite for the primary bedroom has to have a tub. I am such a bath person. I need to have a tub. And then we need an office because obviously I work full time from home. I record podcasts all the time. I need to have an office that feels like an office and it's not just like I'm in a bedroom, you know, doing my stuff. I don't want it to feel like I'm in a bedroom. So no closet doors. Like I want a designated office, preferably on the main floor and not upstairs, not in the basement. So those are our biggest, that's like our our must-haves for a house. And it seems, we've seen a couple, but once we go look at them, there's something off. Last night it was the basement. Like the ceilings were so low and it was so cramped in the basement. And that's where the only office space was. And it just like did not work at all. The main floor was also like an odd layout. You couldn't really come in through the front door because there was absolutely no entrance. It's like you just walked into the kitchen. There was just things that don't work. But the finishes were ideal. Like I want that house, but just set up properly for us. The backyard was nice. The neighborhood was like mature with trees. Anyways, so we will continue house hunting and I will keep you posted. Um, Quickly before I get into the work stuff, because I so many people had so many good things to say when I put up that sticker on March 10th is when it was. I was like, I would love to know your guys' thoughts on like going back to work after being home with kids, um, resenting your partner for being able to like advance in their career and work full time while you're staying home. 
uh, and so on and so forth. So I'm going to read some of your comments and then chat about them a bit. But first, I will tell you I am reading a new book. So I finished The Measure which the concept of the book was very good, but I did find it to be a little bit too long. There were some stories that I was, because it jumps um, back and forth to different characters. And some of the stories I was really invested in, but then some of the chapters was like a different story and I was less invested in it. I loved the ending to see how it kind of wrapped up. So this was the book where everyone wakes up one day and they have a box. You can look at your box, like what's inside the box, or you could not. And inside the box for everybody in the world, in the entire world, is a string. And the length of the string represents the length of your life. So it was really interesting to read about if that actually happened in the world, all these different issues like social issues that would come up you know like jobs didn't want to hire people that had short strings because they were going to pass away eventually and you know they didn't want to let short string people into the army and um physicians were like it's weird to know that it's not it's not like I'm actually saving someone's life it's just their time was not up, you know, and then people that had long strings were starting to have like adventurous behaviors and like taking risks because they knew that they had a longer life. It was just so interesting. And then even for politics, like the um, there was a big debate going on in the government and one of the nominees wanted everyone to have to show their strings because he was like, we shouldn't be having someone in office that is going to pass away in the next few years. You know, we shouldn't be electing someone president. It was just so interesting. I did find it to be a little bit too long and I could have had it end a little bit sooner, but I did enjoy it. Like it was good. This episode is brought to you by Magic Spoon. You guys know I have been very intentional with what we've been eating lately. I'm looking at protein, I'm looking at sugar content, and avoiding things like artificial ingredients or colorings. Milo used to always want pancakes or waffles in the mornings, and now he is getting into cereal, and I'm so excited because Magic Spoon is the perfect option. Their variety pack has four flavors, cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. They have zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and only four to five grams of carbs per serving. They're made with wholesome ingredients, no artificial flavors or dyes, and I'm just so happy that he's getting a good amount of protein before he goes off to school. And it's a great snack for me and my husband too, because 13 to 14 grams of protein in the cereal, now you add a high protein milk, you're set. That is such a high protein snack or meal. I should also mention that it is gluten-free, grain-free, and soy-free. So go to magicspoon.com slash momroom to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code momroom at checkout to save $5 off your order. 
And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. So try a delicious bowl of Magic Spoon cereal today at magicspoon.com momroom and use the code momroom to save $5. Thank you, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this episode. This episode is brought to you by Little Spoon. It is 2024. As busy parents, it's hard to completely overhaul our lives, but what we can do is make small changes that will make our lives easier. And that is where Little Spoon comes in. Their goal is to make keeping your kid healthy feel like the easiest part of your day so that you can cut through all the drama of mealtime. Little Spoon offers baby blends, biteables, and plates. So baby blends is fresh, organic baby food. They have single ingredients, but also multi-textured purees to take the stress out of starting solids. Biteables make the transition to finger foods easy because they are cut perfectly to size, which promotes self-feeding. And of course, all the Biteables are healthy, balanced, and free of artificial junk. And then there are plates for your toddlers and your bigger kids. They are meals that are free of all the bad stuff. They taste amazing. Even the pickiest eaters will love them. They have things like hidden veggie mac and cheese, chicken nuggets, and adventurous things like pot stickers, gnocchi, and more. Little Spoon also has smoothies and build-it-yourself lunches. Did I mention it all comes right to your door? It is super flexible, so easy, and everything stores right in the fridge and freezer. You can pick up the menu and change up what you order every single time. The price is right. The quality is unmatched. You and your kids will love it. It's a huge win-win for your family. Simplify your kids' mealtime with 30% off your first order. Go to littlespoon.com slash momroom and enter our code momroom at checkout to get 30% off your first Little Spoon order. I am on to reading the book called, and I don't even remember the name. It's like three words over and over, but I don't remember if it's everywhere, everyone. Oh yeah. Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow by Gabrielle Zevin. It's really good. It's basically, and it's really long. It's over 400 pages. It's on the Kindle. I've been reading it pretty long, like an hour maybe, or maybe like 45 minutes for two nights in a row now. And I'm only 7% into the book. So it's about two people, Sam and Sadie, and it's like, it spans over 30 years. So from the time they met when they were, I think, teenagers or like 11 years old or something, and then they like reunite in university and then afterwards, and then they end up developing this like game or novel or something together. And then they become famous and it's like this whole like saga, like that is their relationship over the course of their life, basically. Apparently, it's really good. Lots of people recommended it. So I am looking forward to continue reading that. Um, Quickly, before I get into the work stuff, I hired a content creator for the podcast account, and I'm very excited. Um, That's what he does for work. He is a graphic designer, content creator guy, and I'm very excited because the podcast account is about to take a turn, and I think we're going to be famous. Yeah, really excited. So I think he will start putting out content April 3rd, 
if I'm remembering correctly. So get ready, buckle up. It'll be so nice to have that off my hands and just have a beautiful, well-functioning, consistent podcast account. And then I can focus on all the other stuff. So that's lovely. Okay, so let's chat about going back to work after being home. The reason this topic came to mind is because I got a DM on the podcast account from someone that had mentioned or was asking if I could chat about this topic or if I had ever chatted about it before, basically about how she stays home with the children and her husband is getting promotions and doing really well in his career and she said it's messed up because I'm happy for him but also resentful and almost pissed off because I don't get the opportunity to do that and totally relate totally totally for show Um, even though I am working full-time I get to do what I want to do I love it I still can understand how she feels because my husband's job will always come first which I struggle with that too it's like I'm always the flexible one if something happens it's me that has to cancel everything and reschedule stuff and even that can be difficult I can understand why it is that way and I don't necessarily want it to change but it can still suck sometimes when you have like big things booked or scheduled and then you have to cancel it because your child's sick or whatever. So totally understand that. And I was talking with Emily Getz. I think her episode will be out at the end of April for Fertility Awareness Week. And I was saying how women or girls, whatever you want to call them, our whole life now, we are, everything is about like, get your education, like be independent, make money, get a good career, do something that you love, you know, advance, get promotions. That's always the focus. And obviously like it was for me, like go, 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 focus on myself, like reach for the stars. And then eventually you get married and it's like, okay, we're going to have a child you have a child and now it flips and you can't do what you've been socialized to do and taught to do your whole life. It just like stops dead in his tracks. And I really struggled in maternity leave because it was like, go, 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 work towards like, I was trying to finish my PhD and then it was like, have a baby, boom, stop. You're at home with a child, which was really hard for me. You go, 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 career, education. Most of us are having children later in life now. We're like 34, 35. So we've already lived all these years as an independent adult. Um, And then you have a child and then all of that stops for you. And now you're supposed to flip it and act as if you don't have all those other goals and career stuff and ambitions and then take care of your children, which is literally harder than working 99% of jobs. But it's a different kind of hard. It's hard to explain. It's not like, oh, I'm trying to figure out this statistical equation hard. It's like emotionally draining, physically draining, mentally draining. And everybody's like, 
yes, it's the hardest job in the world, but then at the same time, everybody's praising your partner for working outside the home, um, for being promoted, for, you know, speaking at this conference, for doing all these things that our whole life we were also aspiring towards or or doing or whatever. And then nobody, even though taking care of kids and staying home with kids is the hardest job in the world, nobody gives a shit. And you're it's not respected at all. Lots of people wrote in saying how they were almost embarrassed to tell people that they stay home with their kids because people look at them almost like, okay, like you just stay home with the kids because that's not how society works anymore. It's like, no, you're supposed to be a badass career woman and you're also supposed to be the number one mom in the world. Um, And so I was thinking about how it's interesting for the most part, it is the mom that takes the majority of the maternity leave. And I know in the US, like I don't even think paternity leave is an option. So oftentimes it's the mom that's staying home for maternity leave, which then kind of sets families up for the mom to be the default parent because they're spending the majority of their time doing childcare tasks when their partner comes home from work, unless it's a very intentional, you know, I'm going to take things over, I'm we're going to be 50-50 when I in the evenings and on the weekend, like it has to be very intentional otherwise it's very easy for the mom because most likely they're the ones taking maternity leave to continue on with childcare and household tasks so maternity leave almost sets us up to be the default parent and then if you are headed back to work after your leave You still remain the default parent, but now you are also working like your partner is. So that's where shit hits the fan. And now you're doing full-time work outside of the home. And you are also the default parent doing the majority of the childcare tasks, the mental load of, of childcare, the mental load of taking care of the home, grocery lists. Do we need this? Are we out of toilet paper? Um, his shoes are getting too small. Oh, he forgot. And and you're the flexible parent if your partner has a job that is not flexible. So you're the one that's home when they're sick. You're the one that's, you know, running shoes to school if they forget their shoes. It's all the things. So I really, if people are listening to this and they're like pregnant or they're on maternity leave, I don't know why it's so hard for me to say maternity leave. You need to be intentional and let your partner take over or have this conversation to have them take over in the evenings, take over on some weekends. And I don't mean like you're completely not involved, but I mean like they need to know what's going on with childcare and how to do it because then when does the stay-at-home parent ever get a break ever and a lot of people said they almost feel guilty or like they can't ask their partner so these were stay-at-home moms they can't ask their partner their husband 
for help in the evenings or on weekends. Like they almost feel like they can't ask for help because they work outside of the home and make the money. And that breaks my heart because that is not teamwork. That is not fair because their job starts and ends, you know, nine to five, whatever it is. Yours does not. So I think a lot of couples get into this mindset where it's like your job is to work outside the home and make the money. My job is childcare and taking care of the house. So now the person that works outside the home goes and does their whatever eight hour, nine hour, 10 hour shift comes home and they feel as though they have no responsibility, like nothing to do because that's not that's not in their job description. They leave the house, do work come home and oftentimes that that job that they have that they go and do will involve a lunch break talking to adults maybe some social aspects um perhaps some perks like they get to go out for dinners meetings conferences that's great and i'll say it again you know someone was like my husband travels a lot for work but He makes it sound like, yeah, sure, traveling for work can be difficult and traveling is tiring and so on and so forth. But it's like the holding the 20 pound weight over your head example. If you asked a stay at home mom that's taking care of little kids 24 seven, if she would like to go travel and go to a conference, she would be like, fucking sign me up. So If, and it's the same thing with the commute. Some people are like, a commute is not a break. And I'm like, not for you. But you know what? For a stay-at-home mom of little kids, a commute, holy, like, I'm going to have hot coffee in the car, uninterrupted, think my own thoughts, listen to a podcast, listen to an audiobook. Like, what? I don't care if it's bumper to bumper. Like, that is, that's a time. That is a time. So, It's almost like consider yourself lucky if a commute to you is not a break. That means you would rather be at your place of work or at home where you're likely not the default parent taking care of young children. So anywho, what else do I have written here? Oh yeah, and somebody was like, where's this village that I heard so much about that's supposed to help me raise my child? And it, I've always thought about this, how... Nowadays, it's so common for people to have to work away from where their fam- their extended family is. So for example, because of my husband's job, we live in Toronto. I don't have any family in Toronto. Uh, so his parents are in Vancouver. My parents are in Northern Ontario. So there's that. A lot of us do not live near family. And then if we do live near family... I feel like grandparents are either young and doing shit, you know, like my friend's parents are always in Florida or yeah, like some people, especially in Canada, it's so common for um, older generations or what have you to go to Florida for the winter time. So there you go. They're gone. Um, Snowbirds, they call them. So yeah, either they're younger and they're doing shit. My parents are so busy. I'm like, what are you doing today? She's like, oh, I'm going to do this, going to do this. Your dad's building this and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, holy shit, okay. So it's that. Or maybe your parents are older and unable to help out with childcare stuff or household stuff. 
if my parents lived nearby, oh my God, we'd be set. We would have a handyman. Like when we lived in Sudbury, that's where Milo was born. So we were there for almost the first like eight months, nine months of his life, 10 months even. My parents lived down the street and that was incredible. We had a handyman like, oh my God, dad, the toilet's plugged. Can you come up here? And he would literally just like drive up the road with his little plunger and help us Um, have to hang a TV. My dad will come over. Anything we need, like, mom, can you come help me? When we listed our house, for example, to move to Toronto, my mom lived down the street. So if we had a showing, she would come over, help me clean the whole house. And then we would leave I'd go to her house and then we would show the house. Like it was just life is so much easier when you have help nearby. Um, So I really, I feel for people. And I always think like my sister has my parents nearby, obviously, and she has Poppy now. And I'm just like, wow, it's so nice. Like she's always with my parents and I get a little bit jealous. I'm like, oh, like we don't have that. So I'm lucky in the sense that I have a flexible job. I can work from anywhere for the most part. So I can spend weeks at a time up north, but a lot of people don't have that. And it's like a whole ordeal to take time off work and, you know, travel to where their parents are. And ugh. and then even then, if if they are not spending a lot of time with your child, then they're not going to be able to really give you a break or help out as much because they are unaware of the goings-ons of taking care of your children. So that's something to think about. Do, do, do. Oh, this was interesting. So somebody mentioned that her husband wanted another child. So they had a second child. But she's super resentful because it's her job that's affected. And he's able to just continue advancing in his career, getting all these opportunities, and it's her that's losing out on all these opportunities that she's seeing happen in her workplace because they had a second child. And I relate to this because this is one of the major things that I had to think about when we were debating whether or not to have a second. His job is unaffected. It comes first. He's not the one pregnant. He's not the one having the baby. It's me. I'm the flexible parent. Majority of that kind of stuff will fall on me, like the maternity leave. Um, Now you have two kids to, you know, if they get sick, they're at home. Appointments, sports, they forget their shoes, like whatever. So yeah, you have to think about that as well. Like, well, at least that's something that I thought about because I love what I do so much. I love, I'm a busybody. I, I don't know. I really struggled with that part of it, especially because I'm the flexible one and my husband's job comes before everything. So yeah, that's part of the reason why we're moving because he will be on call a lot less. It's going to be life-changing. So looking forward to that. Oh, this was a a different take. Somebody said she resents her husband for not having a career that will allow her to stay home with the kids. So there you go. 
everyone's situation is different. Um, I think I'll end it there. I'm happy I got this recorded. Oh my god, it's four o'clock on Wednesday. And this is what I look like. Oh, I'm on my washing hair two times kick. No, okay. Washing your hair two times a week, but you wash it two times in a row when you do wash it. So the last time I washed my hair was Saturday morning. I do the Whey Detox Shampoo and then rinse it. And then right after I do the Whey Regular Medium Hair Shampoo. And then I do the conditioner and it's incredible. So I'm trying to only do that twice a week. So today is Wednesday. So tomorrow I have a recording and I have a meeting. So I will tomorrow morning probably do the double wash again. But I almost made it a week. Like I washed my hair Saturday and then I'm going to wash it Thursday. So that's incredible. But that's also why I'm wearing a headband. Because if you saw what my hair looked like, you would puke. Um, so yeah. Good, 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 good. Also, I took a video of me using my tongue scraper. So I'm going to show that eventually and tag, or not tag, link the tongue scraper because so many people when I shared about the tongue scraper last time messaged me and they were like can't you just do it with your toothbrush can't you just take your floss and like scrape your tongue with the floss no you can't no you can't and I'll show you why anyways I don't want you guys to think my tongue's disgusting because it's not like I, I just stuck my tongue out it's not a disgusting tongue but when I eat and I'm pretty sure it's when I eat like bready things or sugary things throughout the day my tongue is filthy in the evening and it's funny because Claudia on the toast was saying that her tongue is worse in the morning my tongue hardly has anything on it in the mornings unless I've I drank coffee then when you do it it's just like watery brown stuff that comes off but that's also good for preventing your teeth from getting coffee stains because you're getting the coffee out off your tongue so it's not in your mouth all day but yeah I don't in the morning my tongue is almost like clear but on days where I eat sugary things bread things like maybe creamy things oh my god yuck and so I just think about people who never scrape their tongue and it makes me sick Okay. And I, like, I lived most of my life not scraping my tongue. I only started doing this a few years ago. So, like, there's still time for you guys. Okay. So, anyways, stay tuned for that. I'll give a warning before I show the video, obviously, because it's not, I don't know the word. It's not, um, it just, it should have a trigger warning. That's all I'm saying. So thanks so much for listening, guys. Um, I'm going to go continue purging and clearing out the house, pick up Milo, eat some carrot cake because that's my husband's favorite kind of cake. Well, that or red velvet. And he, I think he was sad that I didn't get him a cake yesterday because we were gone looking at a house. Anyways, it was a whole thing. So I got him balloons and a cake. So we will enjoy that. And I got to catch up on Big Brother. So yeah, thank you for listening and I hope your children sleep tonight.